Fact Chat. Malcolm Turnbull announced that the laws of maths do not apply here. <laughs> One of my favourite brands of comedy aerial is brown people and black people <laughs> making fun of white people. Senators have been dropping like flies recently. Shouting out the fact that in the Knowles-Carter family, women just have one name. Backchat on FBI Radio. You heard right, you're listening to Backchat on FBI Radio. My name is Madison Connaughton and I'm here in the studio with the one... And only Swetha does. You always give me such a good intro. I know, I give you a commercial radio. Yeah, program. where's the air horns? Um, we don't have budget for that. This oh, okay. Still community radio. Okay. It's, it's all the fun of community radio with um, all, all the professionalism of commercial radio. Uh, and professional we are. How are you going, Madison? I'm pretty good. I'm excited for today's show. Yes, there's a lot of exciting news. Um, we have Malcolm Turnbull. He said that he would welcome Mark Zuckerberg testifying in Australian Parliament about the Facebook Cambridge Analytica scandal, which you think is very nice of him. I also think that it is the most Australian politics thing I've ever heard. Because, I mean, Australian politics is all of, all about trying to uh, make ourselves sound as interesting as American politics. But we're just, we're just not going to be. Yeah, I totally agree. And look... If it happens, huge for our Senate hearings. <laughs> huge. The most a bit exciting spicier. Senate hearing it's, since... Do we, since... I don't even know. I mean, this is the first time we'd have a celebrity in to talk about... I think definitely. Yeah, to talk... Okay, anyway. Um, but more exciting news. Very exciting news. The abortion safe access zones laws have passed in New South Wales. It's something we talked about last week on the show. Yeah, the overwhelming um, support in the New South Wales Parliament for this for this um, vote, and we had Gina Rushton in the other week having a chat about the laws, um, which basically will make an exclusion zone around the entrances of health clinics that offer abortion services. So no one will be allowed to protest within 150 metres of the entrance, and there's pretty severe penalties. So I think it is six months for a first offence um, and up to 12 months for a second offence. And you're also not allowed to film anyone who's going into a clinic and allowed to distribute any photos of anyone who's going into a clinic. So basically the um, what... Penny Sharp, who co-sponsored the bill with Trevor Khan from the Nationals, so very bipartisan bill, Labor and the Nationals coming together on this, but um, Penny Sharp said that it was very much about respecting the rights of people to access health services. Um, but there are people who are concerned that it's not respecting the rights of people to protest. Yeah, so it seems like this has become um, a debate about freedom of speech. There was some interesting... so. The bill passed, 67 to 18, which is huge, amazing, exciting. But there were some interesting no votes. So the New South Wales Minister for Women, Tanya Davies, voted no, and also Prue Goward, the Minister for the Prevention of Domestic Violence. Yeah, I think a lot of people were pretty surprised, especially the Minister for Women voting no. Um, I mean, so Tanya Davies' reasoning was that um, protesters are street councillors, and she wants to make sure that um, that people going to abortion clinics have access to all of the information before they go in. Um, I think that that is more of a fringe view. 
I think what will be more challenging for this law going forward will be Prue Goward's stance, um, was that she said she supported people's right to access health services, but she thought that the law was definitely an infringement on, on freedom of speech. And that seems to be kind of coming up a lot. It comes up a lot. It comes up a lot. I think it's just such an easy crutch, I feel, for politicians when it comes to any debate. It's just, you know, it's always infringing on freedom of speech. But I mean, as we talked about earlier, you can protest anywhere. It's just you can't protest in 150 metres. It is a very limited zone. But I think there was an interesting quote from um, Alistair Hastings, who's actually, he's an SC, so he's like a very senior counsel. He's a very studied lawyer, but he's also a member of the Liberals for New South Wales. Yes, local member for Kurungai. Um, And he said that by creating these offences, this bill will make private abortion clinics areas where people who feel strongly about free speech will make protests. Rather than reducing the amount of protests around abortion clinics and reducing general anxiety around those premises, the bill will create a new context for civil protest. Mm. And so I actually read the text of the bill. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> for context for everyone, Madison is now the Sherlock Holmes of New South Wales. I mean, I don't think that... I think that's an overstatement. I literally just read the text of the bill. I think you've done more than most people. It seems like not many people did. No. What did you find? Tell us. So there is a list of exemptions in the bill. Um, And there's there's things that make sense. So um, this doesn't apply to, say, outside parliament. It doesn't apply to outside churches. Public spaces where, where people are given this implied right to political communication. Um, so obviously, just for context, like we don't have a Bill of Rights in Australia. Mm. Um, so there's no enshrined freedom of speech, but there are these implied freedoms. And But the third exemption in the bill says that these laws do not apply to anyone who is co- um, conducting a political survey on behalf of a candidate or handing out leaflets on behalf of a candidate during a state or federal election referendum or plebiscite. Um, Isn't which, that all the time? Well, I read that and I was like, this is surprising. So I did what any serious journalist does and I went on Twitter. Yes. I, this is why I'm the Osman. Of, <laughs> I'm the Osman Fariki of Backchat 2.0. You get all your sources from Twitter. Yeah, I yeah. Def- but so I asked all these like really smart lawyers who hang out on Twitter um, As what, you do. what they think of this and they were really surprised that this loophole exists. Yeah. And a lot of them said that it's probably to do with the fact that Victoria, in Victoria safe access zone laws are being challenged in the High Court um, under this idea that they impinge on um, freedom of political communication. And so what New South Wales is trying to do is say, well, if the Victorian law fails, we actually have this built-in um, protection of political communication. But mm. I actually just got a tweet yes. from Trevor Khan. Breaking news. <laughs> yeah, verified Trevor Khan. So Trevor Khan is the Nationals who co-sponsored the bill. And he just said, the answer is, let's wait and see if it's abused. We had advice that we needed to be alive to a high court challenge on the grounds of the implied freedom of communication and the need to protect the bill from attack. So I didn't hear Trevor Khan talk about this before the bill went to Parliament. Wow. Um, but obviously they have purposefully built this into to the bill, this exemption. What it means is that a politician who feels very strongly about these laws does have the freedom to send out their supporters into safe access zones during an election. They can't harass people, you still can't, you know, you can't touch anyone, you can't scream in someone's face, those are harassment. But 
it seems like these laws don't apply during elections or referendums or plebiscites. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. We have quite a few elections coming up. Yeah, we'll see if, you know, if those SJWs win out. Those damn SJWs. Look, great segue, Madison. Thank you. I'm known for my segue. Great segue. Because we want to talk about... This, you know what, I'm going to say it, fantastic (laughs) anti-PC book by Dr. Kevin Donnelly. It's called How Political Correctness is Destroying Australia, and it's being launched (laughs) by Tony Abbott and Alan Jones. This is big names. These are huge names. These are the biggest names in Australian politics and media. I know, huge. But who is Dr. Donnelly? So Kevin Donnelly is, he describes himself on Twitter as a conservative education commentator. Um, He's had a pretty long career in teaching and education, um, and he has done a lot of work with state and national curriculum bodies. He's also, I think he's a senior research fellow at the Australian Catholic University as well. Oofed. And he's he's releasing this book, and we have a list of the chapter titles. Um, So the first one is Culture Wars, the Left's University loonies which is you know I feel, it feels like a direct attack on me um how the pc left is rewriting history uh another one is we must never forget the good work of christianity another one is we must we need to teach our kids that west is best and also the glaring problems with same-sex marriage okay madison i have not i did not read these chapter titles before coming on air <laughs> that's, always, that's always a good idea. really shook uh, we need to teach our kids that west is best alliteration Come on. It's, that's not a, that's just <laughs> rhyme. It's basic rhyme. <laughs> I'm so glad that he's nailed down those techniques. But he believes... So Dr. Donnelly believes that PC culture is censorship, um, uh, which ties in kind of interestingly with the ANU story that's been going around this week about the Western Civilization course. But I actually think that Donnelly was grilled about... By Virginia Trioli. Oh, from ABC News Breakfast. Yes, yeah. let's so have a listen. a little clip of that. Mm-hmm. So if, if political correctness is um, ruining the country and stifling debate, yet here you are. You're here on the major broadcaster saying what you want to say, whatever mm. you want to say. You've been published by a major publisher. You've had a former Prime Minister launch your book and it's being excerpted in the major newspapers. Where's your argument? Isn't this really just a book about stuff you don't like? Oof. Amazing, amazing. That was that was like a very good. I love when she goes in. Yeah, she's with great. stuff you don't like. It's amazing. I mean, it's so true. I mean, the, I think the interesting thing about ANU and the Western Civilization course. So basically, just yes. really quickly, because I know we have to get to a song. Yes. But ANU was offered a bunch of money from a, a, a think tank called the Ramsey Center mm-hmm. to set up um, a course about. Western civilization. Yeah. Um, and they ended up rejecting the money. Yes. Um, and it's caused like a big firestorm. A um, huge firestorm. Malcolm Turnbull says that he is going to speak to the Vice Chancellor of ANU about it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, what's interesting here is there's, there's this idea that changing, the changing idea of universities, so there's a lot of talk about like decolonial decolonizing education, uh, about um, making sure that there's like a diversity of voices and texts on university um, reading lists, like really trying to push away from the paradigm of, of West is best. Yeah. And that that is seen as a degradation of the quality of education at universities. That is a real reflection of the view of like, I feel like a, a generational, like a segment of the Australian population, which I 
I don't think is correct. I don't yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fact that one of the chapter titles is called How the PC Left is Rewriting History. Like, why not rewrite it so that it includes all voices? Or just how the PC, or, yeah, how, you know how how like the PC a Left is adding to our understanding of history. Like, that yeah, it's seen as absolutely. a worse quality of education if it's not, like, Eurocentric. Yeah. It's really interesting. <laughs> also, like... A bachelor's of Western civilization studies. I mean, you know, it's just having a BA, right? Yeah, I mean, we all have. We all, yeah, we've all studied Western civilization. We would love to hear what you think. Please text in 0409 945. 945. On Tuesday, New South Wales police used their Facebook page to warn people going to see above and beyond um, in Sydney that sniffer dogs will be used to find those who are or have been in possession of banned substances. And the message was very much, don't bring drugs to the event. Um, But what was really interesting was there was um, a warning that if the dogs make an indication, so if they sit down, which I think is making an indication, um, even if the police don't find any drugs on you, you will not be allowed to go into the event. Um, Which is something that I don't think that we have really seen before. No, I think this is a first. Um, But... So yesterday, Sniff Off, a group um, opposed to the use of sniffer dogs, challenged New South Wales police in court. Um, But their bid to stop police from denying people entry into the festival based on reactions from sniffer dogs failed um, because the case was considered, uh, quote, hypothetical. So there actually hasn't been anyone whose rights have been infringed yet. Yeah. Um, so on the line, we've got Matt Knoffs to chat about sniffer dogs. Matt is the CEO of the Ted Knoffs Foundation. He is a uh, pill tester and the author of a new book, Addicted. Matt, welcome to the show. You left out lousy breakdancer. <laughs> it's an audio medium, Matt. <laughs> we'll, sure, okay. we'll post up a video of it. <laughs> uh, so the sniffer dogs move comes about a month after the pill testing trial at the Groove and the Move Festival in Canberra. Mm. What do you mm. think about the approach New South Wales police are taking in light of the protesting in Canberra? Well, um, part of me wonders if it's a reaction because of the progress that we've made with pill testing. Um, and um, look, it's sad because there are New South Wales police, um, a majority of them, um, you know, uh, really are very um, decent human beings who want to make a change. A lot of them feel hamstrung by the politics. Um, our own president of Ted Knoff's foundation was part of the New South Wales drug squad. Um, he believes that the dogs uh, are a complete waste, but also a danger. Um, Nick Palmer, who is a former federal police commissioner, believes the same, same thing. These are These are police, uh, former policemen who are superintendents, police commissioners who believe this is a farce. So you don't, we don't need to, the three of us, you know, can say one thing but to have former police in those positions believe that this is um, a dangerous precedent, that's that's saying something. And so when they talk about um, the sniffer dogs being dangerous, like what is the danger when it comes to sniffer dogs? What what are people like Mick Palmer or Frank Hansen concerned about? Well, there's there's, a, there's, there's cascading dangers. The primary one in my eyes is when there have been um, a number of young people um, who have seen dogs and therefore they've um, ingested all their pills at once 
or they shove them up their bum and uh, an overdose. That has happened um, more than once. Um, <clears throat> and the other night when I was um, battling Steve Price in the project, he said, "How you know? How could you want to? You know? How would you look people like Anna Woods?" dad in the eye and say, you know, um, that the sniffer dogs um, are dangerous or, or hopeless or something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing. And you know what? There are just as many parents out there who have lost their kids um, uh, from at, at a festival because, uh, because of this who want to see changes like pill testing. So, so the fir- that's the first danger. The other danger is, is that, as you guys mentioned, I think this is infringing upon um, the rights of young people. I think it is disgraceful that we can have um, uh, someone from New South Wales, um, I'm not sure if it's New South Wales government or police, but someone last week said, don't ruin your reputation, essentially by spending time with someone who uses drugs. I spend time, most of my time, with people who use drugs. Obviously, the young people... Who are you know who are working through their drug issue, but God knows how many lawyers, um, uh, uh, doctors, um, you know, important people who use drugs, um, who have got on with their life, not only got on but flourished. It is disgraceful that someone thinks that just because you use drugs, you are somehow um, a pariah, and 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 that that could affect you. I think that's rubbish. And I think the other issue I've got is the strip searches that are also happening. So they're also strip searching people, taking them into a tent, making them squat over a mirror after they've taken their clothes off um, and uh, looked up uh, certain places with, with, with a torch. That sort of thing, again, is the kind of thing you'd expect when you're going into jail, not a festival. So I think it's actually time we step, uh, step up to the plate I think listeners have to get on board with the movement to, to try and um, stop this. You know, pill testing isn't the binary of this. It's not like the only other option is pill testing. But this has gone too far. After we've dealt with this, then we should look at pill testing for New South Wales. But I can tell you what, I just feel like New South Wales is going to be the last cab off the rank, and it's, it's so sad. Do you think uh, Sniff-Off will challenge New South Wales police again after tonight? Look, I think there's there's a number of different campaigns that um, are starting to um, spring up and uh, and challenge this, um, and I welcome all of them. I think that um, I think that there are so some people are taking the legal challenge, um, you know, others are taking the ethical challenge on. Um, there's the political challenge. So there are there are believe it or not, politicians in the New South Wales Liberal Party in power right now who believe the drug dogs are a waste, uh, a waste of money. I think they're, I think it, they cost millions. I think the last report was $9 million, but someone would need to check that. I think it's in The Guardian. Um, so there are a number of different challenges coming from different places. So New South Wales Police, um, again, I, I, look, one thing I really want to get across to the listeners is don't... These things actually help us uh, to... Um, uh, mistrust the police. Mm. Don't allow these sort of things to, to do that. It doesn't mean the police are bad. They are hamstrung from the top. So there are a lot of them who want to change. So it's not the police. We should be really careful about that. A lot of the time it's a political pressure. It could be one, one minister. Um, so that's one thing. But get involved. 
um, you know, uh, right into your local member. I know when people say that you think, oh, this, but one email uh, can do um, a, a lot of damage to a ridiculous policy like this. Matt, one thing that I think is really interesting, and I actually um, brought it up on Twitter the other day, but in so it's been 12 years since the last big review of sniffer dogs in New South Wales. So in 2006, mm. the Ombudsman yep. did a massive report and found that the, dr- uh, the drug dogs were very ineffective at picking up drug dealers. Mostly mm-hmm. when they did find people, um, it was only young people with small amounts of cannabis on them. Mm-hmm. And the Ombudsman actually suggested that the the government should reconsider whether the drug dog should even be used in the first place. Since then, 12 years later, we've seen the drug dog squad massively expanded in New South Wales. And mm-hmm. uh, as you said, it is like a very costly endeavour. I just wonder, like, if you had, say, a metal detector that only worked 25 to 50% of the time, you wouldn't use that metal detector. Like, why are the New South Wales so uh, police so wedded to this, I guess, you know, tool or um, technique that has been shown to be highly inaccurate? Yeah, look, I think you make a really good point. The one I made the other night, and I don't think I, I landed it that well, but the point I was trying to make with with, um, with speed cameras on the project was that if speed cameras or red light cameras uh, increased the number of accidents, increased the death toll, we'd stop using them. But they don't. They do effectively help us. And this, uh, the, the dogs don't work in that way. They don't reduce the harm uh, they still a majority of people who go to these festivals use drugs. It's not a pragmatic approach. And yes, you've had the ombudsman in New South Wales say it's a failure. Uh, you know what's really interesting? I don't know if you've heard this, but but part of the the reason why to answer your question, I think they keep going with it, is it's been such a huge investment from the very beginning. So where this started, apparently, allegedly, was after the at the Atlanta Olympics before the Sydney Olympics, there was a, a bomb that went off. There was a um, and, and so in Sydney, they went, we've got to make sure that we can make this the safest possi- safe as possible. And they decided to go to the US and get a whole lot of dogs um, that were trained in, 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 in sniffing out explosives. So they brought these dogs back to Australia and made this big kennel around them for the Sydney Olympics. Of course, after the Sydney Olympics was done and dusted, they thought, what are we going to do with these dogs? And someone came up with the idea of having them uh, as drug dogs, because they also had that capacity, these dogs from the US that we'd imported. And I keep thinking to myself, the whole time, these poor dogs, you know, not able to have a life. You know, we always talk about the issue of our, uh, you know, RSPCA talking about dogs who are bred even for, for us to buy them as puppies in shops. But yet, the, the government can go and buy these from the US, bring them here. The very first time, apparently, these dogs were used, some, they, they touched a, a, a person, and this person, took them to court saying there was no warrant for them to uh, essentially um, to check this person. And the, the magistrate or the judge pushed it up to the next court above them and, um, and, and said, yes, I do think there might have been a breach here. And essentially that, then it ultimately got to the ombudsman. So um, quite separately to that, the point is, is that, yes, for a long time these have been considered both a political and um, perhaps not a political, I'll come back to that, but a legal failure and, and an issue and dangerous and a waste of money. So there's political pride there, and I think that's the issue. I think there's been so much, you know, pride. And the other issue we've got with this 
is that for some time it's been polling well. Um, I think we've taken the edge off that, and I think the police, um, with a lack of, uh, not so much the police, but perhaps the New South Wales government stepping up with this, has also hurt the brand of the police dog. So I think we're going to see the electorate um, come off this a little bit, and this, this will come off the heat. People will start to think, no, actually, this might not be a good idea. Mm. And so very quickly, what advice do you have for those attending the Above and Beyond concert tonight to stay out of trouble? Look, I think the most important thing is um, that th- there's a number of different things. Um, number one, even as a pill tester, we say the safest way to take drugs is not at all. Um, if you are going to um, take drugs, you know, um, make sure you test those drugs with a reagent kit. Um, that you can buy from places um, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, shops, but also online. It's really important to do that. It's not the best uh, way to test uh, your drugs, but if you're going to, please do. Um, something is better than nothing. Um, and you do need to be conscious of, the, you know, that, that, um, that if you are caught out with something, that it can affect your future. We want to change that. We don't think it's fair. We don't think you should be criminalised for having drugs on your person or for taking drugs. But And we haven't changed those laws yet. So just be careful under this current um, framework uh, that it could hurt your future. I think that's really important to remember. Absolutely. Thank you so much for talking to us, Matt. We uh, got a text in saying that you're an exceptional advocate. So thank you for all your work. No, thank you, guys. See ya. That was great. And I think it'll be really interesting to see if um, Sniffoff goes ahead and tries to challenge if anyone gets picked up tonight at Above and Beyond because, you know, there really isn't a lot of case law around um, around sniffer dogs. But that's all we've got time for today. Um, thanks so much to our guest, Matt Knopfs, and of course to our producers, Natalie Sekolovska and Amelia Zhao.